Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here from the business of podcasting. And in today's episode, I am talking to Kristen Molinar from Yes Boss VA. Now, there was a very specific purpose I brought Kristen onto the show, and that is to help you get on more podcasts. Yes, we are talking about the other side of things. One of the best ways to grow your podcast and something I've had a lot of success with myself is going on other podcasts to grow my own show. And when you think about it, what makes this approach so powerful is that quite often someone's gone to the effort of already establishing a podcast audience that you can make the most out of. Now, unfortunately, the whole podcast guesting industry has become a bit gross. And on a daily occurrence, I get spammed with shitty templated messages that just drive me nuts. Honestly, it's just flat out the worst way to go about it. Now, when Kristen actually pitched herself to come on my show, I noticed she was doing things a little bit different and her approach was much better than what I'd seen out there. So in today's episode, what we're actually going to dive deep into is how to find the right podcast to pitch yourself as a guest on. Once you do it, what should your pitch be? So if you've found these shows, what should you actually email or send a message to someone? What should you say where there's a chance they'll actually say, yeah, come on my show. I think this is a great idea. And then once you get that guesting opportunity, how do you be a great guest? Because I think this is one of the keys here. And honestly, this is my favorite part of the interview was talking about being a great guest. There was things I picked up on that I think will be really useful for myself, but also for you as well. So I really enjoyed recording this episode. And I think that if you're someone that wants wants to go on podcasts as an avenue to grow your show. And also, if you want to be paying attention to how people are pitching you to get on your show and know who's doing what, I think it's a very, very powerful episode. Now, before I head into the episode itself, if you haven't already, please make sure you do subscribe to the show. It does help us reach more people and share it with other podcasters. It makes a massive difference. I want to help more podcasters succeed in the world of podcasting. And I'll also mention that I put a brand new resource up on our website called It's Not Luck, Fish Where the Fish Are. And this whole resource that is on the Media website on our resources page is helping you best understand where your best opportunities for your podcast are and really fish where those fish are. I think too many podcasters are spamming their message out just like these dirty uh, guesters who are trying to just spam their message out to get on other podcasts. And I really want you to start creating podcasts and putting bait out there where you catch fish that want to be caught. Anyway, let's get into the episode. I think you're going to enjoy this one a lot. I really did. Let's head on into it. Welcome to the show, Kristen. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. No, I'm quite excited to make this happen. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had someone booked in to come on this podcast and we were going to talk all about how to go on podcasts and be a really good podcast guest. And unfortunately, the timing didn't align and we just couldn't get it to happen. And I, I really, really want to bring this conversation to the show. And then a delightful little email popped up about saying, hey, have you ever, you know, thought about sharing ideas around getting on other podcasts as a guest? I'm like, are, are the stars realigning for me? Is this the moment where we can finally make this happen? And I went through and um, had the experience of you pitching yourself on my show. And I really liked a lot of the things you did and how you went about it and just the humanized approach. And I think it's going to be a really interesting idea to have you on the show because I know so many of my uh, podcasters, one, get pitched daily 
And then two, I know they want to make the most out of going on other podcasts and really, really seeing how they can do that in an interesting way. So first off, yeah. I'd love it if you could just give us a bit of a, I suppose, a short idea into what you do as a business and talk about how you kind of came to be on this show. Yeah. So um, like you said, CEO of Yes Boss VA, and we just focus on the podcast guesting side of the podcast world. So it's a very very um, important distinction because sometimes podcast hosts say, so what can you do for me? Well, I can find you guests, but you're not the person that pays me. I help the people that actually want to be a guest on podcasting. So, you know, some people kind of look at us as like a PR agency for people that want to be guests, but I think we have a unique approach. Our focus is definitely on lead generation and my personal mantra is work less, make more. And so the reason that we do what we do is because I have found that podcasting is such an efficient and effective way for people to get the word out about their business, to generate leads. And it is so easy for us to come in on the back end and do all the work. So our clients literally just show up to be a guest and everything on the back end is done for them. So I love what I do. And um, ironically, I love being a guest. So this is just a natural progression of something that I was doing before we even specialized in this manner. Awesome. So today we're going to be focusing in or diving deep into three areas. Like one is how to even find podcasts that you can pitch on. Yep. Two is like, how do you, I'm not even going to use the word pitch. I'm going to say, how do you communicate with a podcast so you can actually get yourself on the show? Because I think pitch has become a bit of a dirty word. And then three, we're going to talk about being a good guest and actually getting something from that experience once you're on there. But before we get into that, I'm very curious on the state of things from your play this year, 2020, I have received more pitches than ever. Like it's actually like a daily occurrence now is where someone will actually come in and try and get onto my show in some form. I'm curious from your perspective, is business booming? Are you guys busier than ever? Are you noticing more competition in your space and more people pitching? What's your take on things? Yeah. Whenever I talk to people about podcast guesting, I think that more people are aware of it being a good opportunity. And they're also aware of all the limitations in all the other things that they used to do. So, you know, before COVID happened, I did a lot of in-person events myself, Um, not necessarily always speaking, but definitely like being in a crowd and networking with people and just meeting people out in real life. And so there was definitely this group of people that like that. And I I like that group of people because they're very relationship driven. And now they're seeing that they have to bring everything online and they're just wondering, well, how do I do that? And I feel like being a podcast guest is just this natural progression for them when they hear about my approach to podcasting, um, because my, my approach is definitely relationship driven. So I definitely see the need is there. Um, our business is definitely expanding, which is really exciting for me. Um, but there is a little bit more competition in becoming a guest. And so you can't just be throwing out these random pitches to people and expecting that everybody's going to know that you're amazing. Um, it really needs to be a thought out process. You need to do your research. You need to write something that is is compelling for somebody to open and, and, and read through. So yeah, it, it's definitely expanding and it's exciting. I, I like that more people are open to this. The whole podcasting scene in general is really exploding in my eyes. Like I'm seeing more than, I suppose, more podcasts that ever start. I'm seeing shows get bigger and then I'm also seeing the guesting side of it becoming more important. And it's really interesting that you mentioned the idea of people are really, I suppose, cottoning on to the idea that it's a lucrative opportunity. 
And it's been very, very lucrative for myself. I must admit, um, some of the best success I've had from acquiring new business or even growing my own podcast has come from being on other podcasts. Certainly other marketing avenues have assisted, but it has made a really huge impact. So I want to start this one off then. Let's dig into this first area. Let's say, and we can use me as an example, if you, or if you have another niche, I always like to include it as an example as we go along here. If someone's sitting there right now and they are a podcaster, or even if they're not a podcaster, where do you start? Like, how do you even find the shows you may want to um, appear on or, or put that less, list or idea together? Yeah, I, I like this question. I think that in the traditional marketing world, people would tell be telling you to look for the right audience. So go and talk to the podcast host that has, you know, the audience, that massive audience, right? Like the Pat Flynn's of the world, right? But what my focus is, is really focusing on the people behind the microphone. So like you, Charlie, like, are you somebody that I would want to connect with? Can I see that that a relationship with you would be good for my network? And so my focus is not so much on finding these massive people that have tons and tons of reach, but finding the people who there will be this alignment from like entrepreneur to entrepreneur. So this is more of a networking play for me. It's more of like a referral thing for me because when you focus on that relationship, when you focus on finding that person, what you find is there are then ripple effects beyond that show. Like the people that you're being interviewed by or that you are interviewing, like they may be connections to other people or they may know people that need your services. I've gotten off of many podcasts and had people hire me or make direct referrals to people that want to hire me. Um, And I think that what's most effective about that is the connection that happens on a podcast is a lot deeper than just like a random networking or getting to know you call that you might have with somebody because you're talking about your area of genius. So I want to start out by saying to definitely put a focus on finding people that you want to be in the same room, virtual room with, right? But then beyond that, something that's really practical that my team has been doing even more so in the last few months, which has been fantastic, is finding an influencer. And when I say influencer, I don't mean somebody that's like, massive necessarily, but somebody who's, um, what they talk about aligns with what you talk about. So I talk about being a podcast guest. So I align with people who talk about being a podcast host, right? There's like a complimentary, um, audience there. And what you do is you find somebody. So maybe it would be you, maybe I would go into the iTunes podcast like app and I would look for all the interviews that you've done. Now, the people that have interviewed you, are now interested in the topic you talk about. So they might also naturally be interested in the topic that I talk about. So it opens up a more curated base for you to be able to do, um, to be able to send your pitch. Another thing that we like is using LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. That's my social media network of choice. I've ditched everything else for LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's so easy to just type in podcast podcaster, podcast host, and you just get a slew of people that have podcasts. And the nature behind LinkedIn, because not many virtual assistants are doing LinkedIn for their you know, boss or whatever, you're actually having personal connections on LinkedIn with the podcast host. So it really just boils down to thinking about this as relationship building and networking and not so much, I need to get my face in front of a million people. Like when you come across with that, I think that what happens and what follows along is this very like selfish motivation versus talking to one person and wanting to really like um, add value to one another's life. Like there's, there's this humanization to the strategy that I prefer. 
It's a really big distinction. It's a, it's a very, very big difference. Now, curiously, is that how you found me? So we found you by looking up, was it Nathan Hirsch? I think that it was Nathan Hirsch. It very well could be. Or, or James Schwamko. I feel like horrible saying his last name because I feel like I botch it every time. (laughs) It doesn't quite roll off my tongue, but yeah, so that's what we did. Those guys talk about, you know, James talks about work less, make more. That's like, I'm obsessed with working less, make more. People that work less, make more are also more into delegating and I hate DIY stuff. I'm all about done for you service. So his message, like the audience that would be listening to him very fluidly would understand what I'm talking about and be on board with what I'm talking about. You know, Nathan talks about um, delegation and he now has an SOP about being a podcast guest in his new, you know, outsourcing school thing. Um, So these are natural people for me to look at where they have been and then send my pitch to have, you know, to offer myself for consideration. That is so interesting. Both really good guys. James is actually quite a good friend of mine. I think he's an absolute champion and a very, very strong podcaster. But now that you've said that, I can see the alignment even into how your business works of like how well paired up it is. So it's much yeah. deeper than just, hey, let's go on their show. But I really like that. So you've going, we'll use James as the example. This is a show where you can see business alignment. So it's someone you'd want to be in the same room with and you're going yep. through his guest list or people that have been on his podcast and then aligning things from there. Very, very interesting. You know what's also interesting about it is like, so we have clients that come to us and they say that like, I want to be on James' podcast. And I say to them like, good luck, you know, but maybe we can put you in enough room with enough people that know him that maybe eventually you'll end up on his podcast. But it's like people shoot for the stars thinking that they have to get up into these really, really big podcasts in order for it to be worth their time. But like, does James have enough time for like another, you know, intimate networking connection with somebody, whereas somebody that maybe is not him, um, they might be, there's less competition getting on the show and then they might just have more, you know, free space in their network. So yeah, it's an interesting definitely idea. different. One of the other things there that I think you've kind of mentioned, it's, it's funny. And I, I look at this is like LinkedIn. We'll talk about LinkedIn briefly here. Most podcasters, myself included, we put that in our description because we like identifying with it. So it's really interesting that in LinkedIn, a lot of podcasters or podcast hosts, I should say, um, have really taken pride in doing that and letting people know, but it's also become very lucrative search criteria. So I'm yep. not surprised that has taken off as well. So they're, they're your two favorite avenues from there. So uh, it seems from the iTunes perspective, you're probably contacting people via email. That's how you contacted me. And then the, also the other opportunity is in LinkedIn. So they're your two favorite avenues. Have you had any That's luck right. with the other social platforms or are you just like, no, nah, these are my two and I'm staying here? Well, like I said, my motto is work less, make more. I don't even have Instagram on my phone. Every, you know, a couple, I guess earlier this year, I literally archived everything that I was doing on Instagram. So I don't exist on Instagram and I loathe Facebook. So no, I don't hang out anywhere else. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to practice what I preach and that is you don't have to do everything to be successful. And so I'm only doing the things that I like. I like it. I think that's one of the things to my point, I've been going through this. It's funny in the podcasting world that podcasters feel like they have to be on every platform and they, you know, every time an episode comes out, they're sharing it on every platform. How exhausting. And poor quality. Like they spread themselves too thin and like just creating the content. So, you know, you need a square image on Instagram, but then a rectangle on YouTube and all the extra effort is causing them to be thin and not really present on these platforms, but more, I'll just say it, spamming. Like they're contributing to spam and noise and I think it's a mistake. So I really like that methodology there. 
Yeah. Okay, so I, into the next bit here then. So we've, we've gone through these things and we've found people we want to align with rather than uh, – or people we want to be in the same room with rather than pitching the big shows of Pat Flynn and Joe Rogan. Although I'm still going to have a crack at trying to get on Joe Rogan. I'm, I'm going to be persistent. Ooh, you uh, let me know when you're on that. That will be so entertaining. <laughs> it's, it's a life goal, probably not a business goal. But anyway, um, <laughs> we've gone through that part. we found some people and gone, okay, well, look, there's two avenues we can connect with them either – potentially by email or potentially by LinkedIn. Once yeah. we've got people to that stage, what, how do you approach what to send them and how to send them? Because this is something I see done terribly, really, really <laughs> terribly. I would get at least five terrible pitches a week at least. And then if I look to our client shows that we work with at Vela Media, like often I'm the default or my support email is often their default email. And I read some of these and I'm like, you, you went to all this effort to find our details, all this effort, right? And this is what you said? Like, this is it? And I, I cringe. So, um, and interestingly enough is that, well, you're on this show, right? So your email cut through. I read it. I liked it. And I was like, this actually makes a lot of sense. How do you do that? Yeah. So apparently I know what I'm talking about, right? If I'm actually on a show talking about it, which is <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. I, um, I love this question because I have had longtime clients that are copywriters. And when we were really gathering together our best templates, we were looking at some of the templates that our copywriters wrote and they were terrible. I feel so sad, but they were terrible. And there's one I guess there's two things, but let me start with this one thing that I think that if you left the second point out and you got this first thing, then that would just be a world's difference. Your pitch has got to be others focused. So I I really feel fortunate because I came into learning this very, um, very organically. My original motivation in early 2020 to get on podcasts was because I'm on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial entrepreneurial stress. I'm just bummed out by how many people are spending so much time on businesses that are not producing very good results. And that's not my business. Like I'm not a business coach. I'm not a consultant, but I just knew that I had a message to share and my business, you know, runs pretty well by itself. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to spend my time just getting out talking about this message. And that message is others focused. And what I realized is that's the key here. A bad pitch is all about you and it's all about why you're wonderful. It talks about all the things that you want to promote, but people aren't interested in hearing what you have to promote. They're interested in hearing about how you can help them. You know, I, there are some things in my pitch that, that are um, self-serving and they like talk about, you know, why you would trust me. You know, I talk about like income and how little I work for how much income I make and all of these different things, but they're so like, quickly dropped in there. And it there's this overall, or at least the goal, and I hope that you agree with this, the overall goal there is to show you what value I feel that I can bring to your audience. Because my assumption is that a good podcast host, their goal is to bring value to their audience. So you want it to be others focused. In that others focused, another thing that I find, which I guess would be a sub point of this is bringing together some actionable advice. Like I think that when I listen to podcasts, the thing that's most annoying to me is to have this like really great title. I click on the link and it's literally just two people talking and I walk away feeling like I was just a fly on the wall in a conversation that had nothing for me. Like that is a waste of time for viewers. You need to be making sure and proving to the person that you're pitching to that you can bring actionable advice to the table. Otherwise you're wasting everybody's time including your own time. Because look, if I came up, came here and you, you know, gave my bio, but then we just like 
chatted, nobody would know that I'm an expert at what I'm an expert at because I wasn't able to give any practical advice that they were able to walk away with. And that changed what they were doing. So just like when you talk to somebody in a discovery call or a sales call or a coaching call, like it needs to be others focused. You need to be orienting the conversation around actionable advice that will change the lives of the people that are listening. And that includes the host, if you can do that as well. So that's so point number points. one. So many points. We have to, we have, we can go into more points, but there's a few we've got to look at within that itself. Okay. There's, there's a, a couple of things that, and I'll, the feedback I would give you, your pitch was probably the most human I've received. I receive a lot that are like templates and you can tell. I tend to be casual too, like in nature. I just, I've learned that that's who I need to be in business because that's who people connect with. Like I'm not putting on, you know, fancy clothes to get on a podcast. I'm not, you know, changing the way I talk. I am who I am, who I am. And if I say I write how I talk. So that, that might be why that came across. Definitely. And uh, that straight out got past the keeper because like I can open Mm. it, template it, don't read it. Um, So (laughs) humid emails and then personalized. So I did notice in the email itself, there was things in that email that couldn't have been a template because you referenced a specific podcast, which was James's podcast, Super Fast Business. Shout out to James. Uh, but you referenced a podcast I was on where I was like, okay, you've actually done some research. Yeah. You've actually looked around. So well, it's like, yeah. So I was like, two from I, two. Can I, be, can I be really honest though? My virtual it. assistant did the research and added in the personalization because as a podcast guest, like we are sending pitches to people. And so I don't really invest a ton of my time until somebody has said yes to me because otherwise I would be spending a ton of time doing the pitches. But my assistant knows what kind of things to look out for and what kinds of things to say and has learned my voice a bit. So to be honest, those were not my words. But you know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't send all my emails. You know, it's like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it's more about seeing the effort and and understanding that it's useful than it is who does it in my opinion. Like I don't have and, any problem with that at all. And you don't know that when you read the email. I mean, when, <laughs> when you're reading an email, you're thinking, what is in it for me? I, everybody's thinking that. Why, why am I getting this email? What's in it for me? If it's a self-serving email, I don't want to read it. And so it all has to do with what words were said, not who wrote it. But the point I'm, I'm really fascinated by what you said here is that when you're trying to be on someone's show, you mentioned the idea here of like, okay, well, you've got to make it to help them. But it almost feels to me that there's a balance to be had because if you were just emailing to serve me, it's like, how do I know you're even worth having on the show? Like you kind of self-praising in some form are going, hang on, I, I really know my stuff. Like I'm, I'm Well, I drop a few on. nuggets in there. Yeah, so I drop a few nuggets. how does someone cover that? How does someone bridge that balance? Because I think you've done it quite delicately here where it's like you have definitely uh, nailed some things, which I'll talk about more in a minute, but how does someone balance how much they should be looking into this is great for you versus making sure that, hang on, I'm worth having on this show. These are the things I've done or can help you with. I think you need to look at the things that that are self-serving. So I'll say this. One of my lines is that I built a six-figure business working less than five hours per week. That's like my self-serving line. And, but you have to think it in this way. Am I saying this to prove that I can bring value? Is this relevant to bringing value? Or is this just something to show somebody how awesome I am? You know, like if I were to say to you, you know, um, I can't even think of a bad example, talking about just braggy things about me, but it didn't prove that I could bring value to the table. It didn't, it didn't prove that um, what I was saying was something that I practice. I think that's another thing. Like, is, is this in alignment authentically 
or are you just talking about something that's kind of irrelevant to the talking points that you have? And that, that is the second thing that I was going to say, and I'll throw it in there because I feel like it, it's so relevant to the conversation, your talking points. Like this is a way to make sure that you're being others focused is detailing what your talking points are because the podcast guest doesn't know who you are probably. You know, chances are really great. This person has no idea who you are. And when you're just saying, hey, will you have me? This is why I'm great. They're like, okay, cool. But what is the episode about? And those talking points enable you to show up, talk about the things you want to show up. Obviously, I want to talk about being a podcast guest. And so you're asking me about being a podcast guest because I delivered talking points to you and made it easy for you to start that conversation with me. From a podcast host perspective, right? So I'm someone yep. that runs a show and this is even what I share with my clients to do as well. I'm like, you really have to start with your audience. Like for, your ambition is not to make the content you want, it's to make the content your audience wants. Yeah. And um, that's something we strive for. And when I, in my own show, I'll even use this as the example, like I know the three ways I want to help my audience the most because I know this is where they need the help is how to grow a podcast, how to make great podcast content and then how to monetize a podcast or turn it into business in some way. So every episode I make uh, falls into one of those categories. And when I'm putting my filter up to create an episode, if something doesn't fit into it, it doesn't get published or made even. Um, and I really look at that. So if podcasters are going about it with that intention, right, we're very focused on, or they should be at the very least, and hint, hint if you're not. Um, <laughs> but if you're going about making your show in that way or podcasters are, how can you align your talking points in a way where you're meeting the host's expectation on the content they want to make. Is there anything you mm. specifically do to do that or are you um, doing any research into that or is it just a guesstimate, we'll call it, where you can see these are the things we can serve it? Like is there any way of making sure you pick talking points that you know that host is going to go, hang on, which you did to me, by the way. One of your talking points was I was like, this is exactly something I am working on with this show. It's going to be beneficial. Is there anything people can do there? So I, I would say that my talking points are almost like a vetting tool for me um, because if my, I, I have five talking points and those same five talking points go to everybody and the, the conversations go in different directions because different people take them down different routes. So occasionally there's, there's definitely nuances to the conversations I have, but for me, I know who my ideal audience is. I know who I can serve best. I've really defined what my business is and what my objectives are. So I don't veer from those talking points because otherwise me showing up and being a podcast guest is not a good use of my time. Like I feel like that sounds so self-serving, but I think that as business owners, we need to be aware of if we're doing things that are worth our time or not. And so having those five talking points that I have, make sure that there is an alignment between me showing up and talking about the thing that I know I can really shine in and having somebody ask me to come on. And then I end up talking about something that's another area like that creates brand inconsistency. You know, I don't want people not knowing what I stand for and I don't want them hearing me on five different podcasts. And I'm talking about everything under the sun. Like, how am I going to establish my brand in that way. So I would say that really it's a vetting tool and to answer your question, they're the same talking points always because this is what I show up and talk about. Isn't that fascinating? I really like that as an idea that I think is missed within um, people pitching itself is that if you don't have talking points that are perfectly aligned to your business or what where you're strong, it's probably not a good opportunity for you. So you've got to be happy with that kind of, well, instead of viewing it as, oh, I didn't get on that show, more viewing it, oh, great, I didn't waste my time talking about things that were 
not relevant. It wouldn't have been good for that podcast or me. So that's just not a right fit. I've got to find those right fits. Yeah, I connected with somebody and she was fantastic. I loved her as an entrepreneur and she knew that I do what I do. And she said to me, you know, I'd love to have you for a guest on my podcast. We talk about, you know, get women, women in technology and how, what could you talk about that would be of value to my audience, blah, blah, blah. And I said to her, I said, you know, honestly, it, nothing like I, I wouldn't be a good podcast guest for you. And so I don't try to make something fit that doesn't fit. I don't think that that's a good use of anybody's time. I also feel like that's a disservice to your audience. You see a lot of podcasts. I don't know if you feel this way too, that they're talking about everything, everything. And so what audience is listening to that? If you're just jumping around from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, like you're not really creating a podcast that people are going to binge on versus yours. Like I'm going to come on your podcast if I want to be a podcaster and I'm going to binge everything that you talk about. Um, it's an you know, interesting I, idea. I think that um, there's some things that have happened which people take as truth and then they just kind of go, oh, that's the way. And I'll give you an example. Is like, if you go back five years ago, broad podcasts work because there wasn't many podcasts. There's some very big podcasts out there now where they cover a broad range of topics and they do really well because supply and demand was in their favor. There was not as much competition and the demand for podcasts was huge. I, I really feel like we've moved into an era where I like to think microfamous is where you want to go. So the yep. more niche your show is, um, the more raving your fans are, the more engaged they are. And I, I like to think of the metric where you should be tracking instead of downloads these days is actually like revenue per download. Um, that's why I tell people not to focus so much on getting on the podcast that's got millions of downloads, but get on the podcast that's the, sh- the host is somebody you want to be connected with because you know that that connection, they're connected with other people that you want to be connected with. Like if you know anything about marketing, like niching down is the way to attract the ideal people you want to work with. And so that that's what we're doing here, getting super niche. Awesome. So we'll, we'll do a quick recap here and we'll go into this next section. So if, first up is we're going uh, based on someone you want to be connected with and have a relationship with, a real relationship with as a host uh, first rather than pitching the big shows. And I like that. And of course, business alignment is important. We've just mentioned that from there. The second part is when we're pitching them, we're being human straight up, like uh, we're being untemplated as possible and writing how we speak. I think that is imperatively important. And then really um, writing that email from a point of view which serves the other person, a serving point of view, but also the talking points and where you can shine, finding that balance, making it an email where it can help someone, but yet also uh, gives it a little bit of source on it. Then on the other side, we're not veering from our talking points. Our talking points are pre-selected. And I think this is probably a spot hosts or uh, people trying to pitch onto podcasts probably should spend some more time on. But that sounds really important to me to have your key talking points. So we've put all that together. We've connected with them on email or LinkedIn and they say, yeah, fantastic. Come on the show. Now, if this was to happen and we get to that point from there, how do you actually do a great job as a podcast guest and deliver on it, make a great piece of content, but then also actually make it something that you get something out of it as well. Like as that guest, maybe it turns into downloads or business or whatever it is. How do we be a great podcast guest? Yeah. I talk to people all the time that have told me that they have been a podcast guest, but it felt like a waste of time to them. And I feel like there's a really big distinction between it working and it not working. And at the foundation, it's knowing what you offer. So a lot of people are not you know, I'll give I'll give a very specific example. I know somebody in the copywriting space. I feel bad I'm 
this is a second bashing of copywriters. There are many fantastic. Yeah, let's go after him. Let's go after him. <laughs> so I know somebody in the copywriting space and she's been on a number of podcasts, but none of them have ever produced any business for her. The problem is she's not specific in what kind of copywriting she does, even as her friend and somebody who reads her emails faithfully and and loves what she writes and how she writes. I don't know how I would even hire her. You know, I, am I hiring her to do my website? Am I hiring her to do my email sequences? Am I hiring her to do sales pages? Am I like, what am I hiring her to do? And because she has not decided, it really is this, she has not decided what she offers. She doesn't even have like a introductory thing or something that she's consistently being public about. Um, I don't know how to hire her and neither do any of the podcast hosts and neither do any of the podcast guests. They don't know what she offers. So you need to know what your offer is before you get onto a podcast. Um, I also think you've got to show up to serve. So, you know, talk about what uh, like actionable advice, like basically give away what you do. Like I would, I can teach somebody how to be a podcast guest and I could teach somebody out of hiring me. But what I offer is, you know, a quicker solution. You don't have to do the work yourself. I am uh, also validating my authority in this area by telling people everything that I know. So when I get on an episode, I mean, you asked me before we hit record right here, you said, is there anything we can't talk about? I said, no, you could ask me anything. I am a open book. I feel like that is what establishes my credibility. That is what is in most service to the people that are listening. I hate this, uh, you know, well, you have to sign up for my email list in order to learn more, like these like cliffhanger conversations. I want people to listen and walk away and feel like they can implement something that they have learned and experience a win. And then when they experience that win, they'll know that that win was because of me. So when you're showing up, give that actionable advice, refer to your offer in a fluid way. So I like to talk about my story of being a podcast guest myself. You know, my the quick version of the story is I talked to my team about being a podcast guest. Six months went by. I hadn't sent a single pitch to anybody because I was in my head about it. My team started pitching for me because they were tired of waiting around for me and it started to blow up. So when I, you know, gave the project to somebody else, it went like crazy. So bringing some of these stories in, like why is what you offer helpful? What's your story around it? How have you helped clients? Like what are those some case studies and examples you can talk about from your work? And then the last, well, not the last thing, but the last thing in the pitch or in the conversation is to have fun. Like I believe that we are human. We're connecting as humans. We can just have a casual fun conversation if we're weaving some of these helpful things in. Um, if you're casual, be casual. Like, for goodness sakes, most of us work from home these days. People that didn't now do. Um, so even if that means, you know, not being perfect, not sounding amazing, having like snafus, like people can relate to that stuff and they that's relatable. But then in the end, follow up with people. Like I said, this is about relationships. So what I do is I keep track of everybody whose podcast I've been on and I make sure to circle back around with people. I don't want to just be on a podcast and never talk to that podcaster again. You never know what opportunities could pop up down the line. And it's not networking if you're having one conversation and then just leaving and never talking to that person again. Some really interesting points there. Really, really interesting. I want to break this down. There's a few yep. things I want to come back to here because I'm fascinated by this because there's some things I hadn't even considered here. 
So number one is like we'll say broad as death. The specifics are important. You couldn't be general like your copywriter friend. And what I find quite fascinating is even in you being on this podcast, I have a very real idea at this point is like if I hired you, I'd know what I'd get. Like, hang on, it's on email and LinkedIn. We're not doing Instagram. Like it's already been kind of spoken about. Well, if you send an email or a pitch, what's it going to look like? I've, I've got a vision of this email with my talking points. And but you could amazing. do it. Yeah, I've clarity. given you enough information. You could do it for yourself there, and there's no problem with that. So that being specific, which nice move, I'll play it. You made it. I, I like it. Um, but you can see that it's a very clear image of, of what it would do and how it would work. So if we went broad and just spoke about being, oh, you know, being on a, a podcast guest is a good idea. There's not enough there where it's like someone's hungry enough to make that move. So the clarity of the offer and, and really aligning to the how it works, who it's for, the benefits from it, everything like that make a huge difference. So I think that's a really great tip in itself. An interesting idea. I'd never formed it like that. Um, and then into the next point there, actually, I want to get a little bit more granular before we go into that. If that goes well, is there anything you do to track the results of your guest appearances? Do you make specific landing pages or anything or give unique URLs to the shows you've been on so you can see where certain shows perform or not perform for you? So we considered doing this and to be, you know, to share kind of like what what goes on behind the scenes in my business, I have found that not very many people end up getting on like my email list. So we thought that this would be an email list play when we started to realize like, oh, this could generate business for us. So we set up some landing pages and we went that route. Here's the thing with what I offer. I offer done for you. So my ideal client is somebody that is not interested in learning how to do it themselves. They want to know that I know what I'm talking about and then they just want me to take it over. So we offer done for you service. So because of the nature of that business that I have, and I would say that this applies a lot to service-based businesses, the people that are going to hire you probably don't want to end up getting a ton of emails from you. They just want to know how to get in contact with you. So the most business that's been generated is either, like I said before, the podcast host has hired me. And it's not always right away. You know, I've had people hire me nine months down the line, but I was in the back of their mind and they knew when they needed what I offered, that's what they were going to be doing. Um, and the other way that people come to us is direct introduction from the podcast host. So what I'm finding is that the nurturing involved after being a podcast guest is very minimal. The people that are our, are our ideal clients, that was a mouthful. The people that are our ideal clients are the ones that are ready to just get started. They understand what I offer. I've just given them the whole entire sales pitch. So they just want to know, how do I get in contact with you so you, I can tell you how to take my money so you can get to work? Um, yeah, so it's been different. And I feel like if you were going to go after the major shows, if this was a traditional PR play, traditional marketing strategy, or what you'd think of as traditional marketing strategy, people would be telling you that you've got to have a ton of tech in place. You've got to have the landing page. You've got to have the follow-up series. You've got to have all of these things. But when people come to us and they say to me, hey, Kristen, I want to do this, but you know, I'm still working on my freebie offer. I tell them like, forget your freebie offer. Like, Just go connect with people. And you know what's interesting about this too is your content starts to make itself from what you talk about on podcasts. And then you could very easily outsource some of these content pieces that become more sophisticated technological pieces of your business. They come as a result of these conversations out of this organic flow of what you know in a podcast episode. 
That's really interesting. Did you expect the, con- we'll call it the conversion point or where it turned no. into business for you to be from the host? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And so it's it's interesting because I never really set out for this to be what it is. Like this, this was something that happened purely accidental. My motive was to serve, to get out there and to just start helping people. And it really shocked me. But when I sat back and looked at it, it really made sense. I could see the formula that we stumbled upon and now we've replicated it for our clients. And so I can tell you, as a matter of fact, it's not just what I've done that's been accidental and I'm not a fluke in this situation. We're doing the same thing for clients and these formulas that we discovered accidentally, we're implementing them on purpose and they are working. It's interesting though, because I think um, this is one of those things. I call them accidents, by the way. Happy accidents. <laughs> I like we, that. We've had a, we've had a few in our business. We've tried some things that I'm like, oh, once uh, one of my team misinterpreted what I said, and I, to okay. be honest, I was probably saying it terribly. It was probably my fault, um, but they did the work based on what I, they thought I said, and it wasn't what I instructed them to do. But it ended up working really well. I'm like, I wish I said that. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> so we, I like um, accidents. Nonetheless, um, I find it fascinating um, that if you'd set yourself up with an idea that all the work was going to come in from some freebie and it was all going to be the listeners of the show, that you could be quite disappointed if that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. And it would be, I suppose, if that's the measuring stick you are using, um, you probably stop doing it or be disappointed by it and, and miss the opportunities that can come down the line. So you yeah. mentioned the idea of uh, staying in contact and building a real relationship, which I, I think is an awesome intention if you are going to do guesting because we're all people. Yeah. How do you do that best? Hmm. How do I follow up best? Yeah. So you've been on a podcast and you've mentioned the idea that maybe nine months later something pops up or maybe you go yeah. on the show again on a different talking point if it's someone you get along with, but how are you keeping those relationships warm once you've got them there? Well, to roundabout answer your question, like from being a podcast host, oftentimes additional opportunities open up. Like I've been invited to speak on stage. I've been invited to speak as like a guest trainer in online conferences um, or like online masterminds. I've been asked to like write guest guest blog posts or whatever, like all these other opportunities pop up. So for me, what I'm usually looking for is, is there another way that I can just continue to serve what you're doing? And I think that this happened just because in my mind, when I started, I was looking for additional ways to keep hammering my points home. (laughs) Like entrepreneurship doesn't have to be so hard. Like you, when you do uh, work less, you can make more. Like you can be strategic about this. Like stop making your business so complicated. Like I just wanted to tell everyone under the sun these things. So I would look for ways to further add value. Like I would, um, one of the things that we do is we look at each of our podcast hosts. Like what are they doing? Do they have a mastermind? Do they do business training? Do they do business coaching? Like how can I add additional value there? If something happens in that way, then I show up and I do that. Um, Otherwise, I just keep in contact over email or if there's an introduction that I can make. I love being a connector. So like if, well, I feel like this isn't a fair example, but if I know a good guest for you, I would like introduce a good guest to you. This is my business, but I'm looking for ways to make connections. And so I keep track of everybody that I know because I know that there are people within my network who should know one another. And it's a way to show that I care, a way to bring value and a way to stay on somebody's mind when you're doing something like that. And I I try, I aim for at least like once a month, figuring out how I can do something. You know, if I can do nothing else, like show up on their social media and engage with them on social media, like just make sure that you don't disappear. 
I really like that idea. I think it's very different than what is common. Like the amount of people that will come on, be a guest, get along really well with, and you can see synergies and then it turns into nothing because uh, neither party, or put that on both, uh, doesn't follow up or doesn't create that. So I think you probably get a lot of gains out of just doing that well. And just as a side note, um, I'm connected to a lot of podcasters. I am. When someone is a good guest on someone's show, like when it happens, it does the rounds. Right. So I will mention this is like even uh, in the past week, I've had communication with quite a few big shows and they're like, this person crushed it. You would probably want to have them on their show. So I, I will that. say crushing it as a guest, it does get around the podcasting community and we do often hunt. You'll see it because the same guest starts popping up on a lot of the shows. Would like, you say, I'm curious, can I flip the script and ask you something okay. now? <laughs> what are you finding is like when you get off the phone with somebody and you think, dang, that was a really good interview. Are there common threads that you've identified or is it just, you know, you felt something in the moment? Have you really dug into that? I always look for a lot of feedback from my audience in how I judge it. So that's my number one okay. kind of like judging panel is like, what type of feedback did we get? Now, commonly on every episode of the podcast I released, I'll get emails every week with people that will mention something. So I use that as my number one grading tool. I don't use downloads as my number one grading tool because sometimes I think episodes are average and they might have a big following and people will <laughs> watch for that reason. So this is the interesting yeah. one. The episodes that do the best uh, on my show, and it's a little bit different depending on the show, but on my show are the ones where it's like at the end of the episode, someone feels like they can do something better or achieve something better. Like so, actionable strategies? Yeah, so no one cares about stories. No no offense to the people that have a story out there, but anytime we do an episode that has a massive backstory, unless it's hyper relevant and there's very, very tangible lessons that we break down and solve, most of the times those episodes don't do the best. If we do an episode, for example, like how to do Twitter ads, and it's a walkthrough of like, this is how we would approach it. These are the, you know, how to do the targeting or the creative. They do substantially better and people will email me back uh, talking about how they may be trying that or they love that idea and do more of that. So a lot yeah. of this show and even the episode we've created today is being, I don't want to say tactical because there are strategic elements to it, but I found the episodes that leave someone uh, better off in a way where they can do something in their podcast certainly have performed better for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had people come to me and say, you know, I have a story I want to tell. And um, I usually roll my eyes a bit. I think that the place for stories is improving points, not just to have a story. Like, you know, maybe if you're on a motivating podcast, but I think there are enough of them. The way that I use podcasts is I I actually use podcasts as like a Google search engine. Like I'm looking up how to do a certain thing. And then I find somebody who talks about that and I listen to the episodes. So it makes sense. Thank you for giving me that feedback. That's really interesting to me too. And as just another point there, of the people who listen to this show and then become a client of Vela Media, so they come on board with this to do some work, it's normally a problem-based episode. So solving, let's say it's a growth episode on Twitter ads. I don't know why we're picking Twitter ads, but maybe that is the spot where they're like, right, I was trying to do this. It wasn't working. I'm going to hire you now because I want it done. So that's yeah. the, the loop I look at from here. Funnily enough, I see it as a very, very common thing in some of our other shows. But to your point, a couple of our shows are in that, uh, what I would call motivational niche. So sometimes the story is like actually a really key component of that style of show being successful. But even then, I see their more tactical episodes do pretty well. So we'll see. <laughs> Anyhow, um, you've made a really awesome training. Like I, I actually watched it last night. You've got a, a 10 minute video that talks into um, your, I suppose we'll call it your strategy and thinking when it comes to being a guest. 
Yep. Where can people get that? Where should they go to watch that training? I'll even pitch it to you. You should go watch this if you want to be on more shows. But where can people go and get that? And then where can they follow along with you? Probably LinkedIn, I dare say. <laughs> I appreciate the pitch. Um, yeah, you can find the training at yesbossva.com slash podcast guest. I kept it under 10 minutes. I sliced and diced it to make sure that you're not yawning. I mean, I try to get to the points as quickly as possible. Um, really just break it down so that you can get out there. And the, the key here is to be a profitable podcast guest. So that's what we talk about in that training. And then you can hang out with me on LinkedIn. I'm nowhere else. And it's easy to find me on LinkedIn because of the spelling of my last name. So if you just look me up on LinkedIn, Kristen Molinar, uh, then I'd love to hang out. And definitely, you know, if you follow me on LinkedIn, let me know that you listened to this show and this is the reason that you're connecting with me. I'd love to just, um, I'd love to hear that. Awesome. And of course, we'll make sure we include all the links in the show notes and description wherever you are listening to this episode. Thank you so much for coming on today, Kristen. Very enlightening. And I always like it when someone makes me think differently about something. Like I had a built up perception of what it is to get on podcasts and now I feel completely different about it. So thank you so much. We're going to wrap this one up from here. Thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on the business of podcasting. 